Hello and welcome to this bonus episode of the Mobile Arcade Club. For something a little bit different, we thought we'd check out a mobile game that's not part of the Apple Arcade service, but we do like good games regardless of the service or the platform they're on, and we'd love to highlight some great mobile games that you can enjoy. And this time around, this happens to be a game called Overboard, which is by quite an acclaimed mobile developer in the name of Inkle, who are UK-based. And you may perhaps know these folks from their brilliant, brilliant work on 80 Days, uh, which was a sort of choose-your-own-adventure, visual novel sort of thing, uh, interactive story where, you know, based on uh, the, the sort of famous story or the famous adventure of trying to circumnavigate the world in 80 days via hot air balloon, which that was some time ago, but it was quite uh, quite the interesting adventure. And Overboard takes sort of the, the structure or the, the concept of the visual novel and puts its own spin on it. And yeah, the folks at Inkle have been very kind in providing both Stephen and I uh, codes of the game to discuss and review and talk about and Stephen, it's uh, it's quite the concept overboard. Yeah, it truly is. So it's set in around 1935. Uh, you are an up-and-coming starlet with a very wealthy husband. Uh, you're on a ship on the way to your new life in America, and you push your husband off the side of the ship because for various reasons, I guess. Um, and yeah, so the idea of the game is it is kind of takes the murder mystery concept and throws it on its head. So instead of trying to work out, you know, who who's done it, essentially, you know who did it, it was you, and you need to try and pin it on someone else and try and get the, uh, try and get the heat off you so people aren't suspicious that you killed your husband. And maybe, I don't know, if you can pin it on someone else, maybe you'll be able to get away scot-free and cash in the life insurance that your wealthy husband had sitting around. So, yeah, it's a super, super interesting concept and really, yeah, quite innovative and interesting in the uh, in the murder mystery sort of thing. Yes, indeed. Yeah, the like the whodunit is a classic, classic genre across all sorts of mediums, you know, whether it be novels, TV, film, games, that sort of thing. Uh, but the, the reverse whodunit, uh, in this case, which Overboard fits that bill perfectly, is something of an anomaly. Mm-hmm. And I think Inkle has done a terrific job here of presenting a compelling situation like the the premise is is deceptively simple you've you've committed murder you want to get away with murder (laughs) in a way that lets you claim uh, your late husband's life insurance money and you know pocket those riches but uh, to do so is quite an involved process and in in the the press kit when i was having a look at the concept of overboard before playing it uh, they bill it as like a uh, quote unquote next gen visual novel, uh, and by that I think they're sort of going for that. This this is a visual novel that does uh, a little bit more than the norm. There's a lot of branching paths and narratives and that sort of thing, which isn't necessarily something that's uh, totally foreign to the visual novel 
genre or the, the concept because there are some brilliant visual novels out there which do feature lots of branching narratives and, and paths and that sort of thing. But the, the thing that's so highly compelling about Overboard is that there's so many different methods or different so, so many different ways to explore trying to get away with murder. There are There's more than one path to success. Uh, and even to that point, there's m- multiple paths to partial success as well because mm. the idea is you playing as the, the wealthy socialite, the wealthy starlet of Veronica uh, villainousy or uh, villainousy, which I only just realized seems to be a play on the word of villainess. Uh, well played. Enjoy that. <laughs> I haven't had to say it out loud before, so I've only just realized that. Well played, Inkle. Um, <laughs> but the, the idea is you playing as Veronica, there's a cast of other characters on the ship who are all equally compelling in their own right because they've all got their own secrets. They've all got their own agendas and little uh, bits of information that they're keen to keep uh, secret. So there's a lot of information sort of sleuthing and discovery that you're doing along the way in this visual novel format, which presents in a way that you're essentially choosing different dialogue options and different actions to take at pretty well every step of the way here. So whether it be from the the beginning, which starts the same, you've pushed your husband off the off the boat, and then it starts the the next morning, you being woken up by the um, the the steward, one of the ship stewards, uh, and from that point onwards, you're making decisions right from the get go. Uh, do you tell them to go away, or do you uh, do you start lying from the outset and say, "Oh yeah, yeah, my my husband's just sleeping in. He'll he'll be here soon, or he'll he'll attend to breakfast soon." Uh, so there's there's a lot of different things to do and different areas of the ship to navigate and inspect and uh yeah there's there's a lot of interesting ways to approach things Stephen. so i'm curious as to what you made of how overboard presented itself as a visual novel and the the high level of interactivity that it presents yeah i was really quite impressed especially the first time playing through it how how impactful your decisions, as minor as they may seem at the time, end up being later on. I'll try and say it in such a way that it's, you know, not going to spoil anything because the discovery is half of the joy of this game. But, mm. you know, just it's something that you you don't realise until later on that you might tell one person one thing and then get to the later on in the game and that person will if you're trying to tell someone else a slightly different story, they will go, wait, you told me this, or they'll just, you have to be very aware of the consistency Mm. of your story and how, you know, if there's any weakness in it, people might use that as a way to go, wait, what you're saying doesn't sound super reliable. And that might open the, open the, uh, I guess the book to you being further accused later on and maybe not getting away with things. But yeah, I, I think the, this just sheer amount of decisions that you can make and the potentially unpredictable outcomes. I mean, it's typically not unpredictable in that you would have no way of knowing that doing this could have, have come up with a bad outcome or anything like that. But you, you might not consider the outcome of something as you're doing it until you realize at the, you know, later on down the game, oh, actually that had consequences I wasn't aware of. And it leads into my favorite aspect of this game in that 
you can take that knowledge of I've done my first run through the game, this resulted in that happening and this person noticed this and take that knowledge and go, okay, now that I know what the outcome of this particular decision will be, what if I, in that knowledge, play around with that decision to begin with and see what happens if I do things slightly differently? And just the amount of different decisions that you can make and the potential flow on effects they'll have on further decisions later on. It might open up entirely different pieces of dialogue, different uh, ways of approaching things. It's just endlessly, endlessly replayable in a way that I'm, I'm good at making very strange and strange comparisons that might not seem obvious to begin with, I guess. But to me, it reminded me of what I enjoy in roguelike kind of games in that you you play the game, you learn something about it each run, and then you start again. And with that extra knowledge, you have you find a different way to approach the game. And yeah, much like a roguelike, I really found myself wanting to try again, see, you know, I know I stuffed up this bit or you know, that someone noticed that and being able to use that knowledge to explore it as a sort of almost as a, a an emerging narrative, I guess, I found really, really interesting. I think roguelike is quite the apt comparison, and I think it's not as far off the beaten track a comparison as you uh, perhaps may think, Stephen, because with uh, with Overboard, similar to sort of roguelikes, it's, it's got a very, uh, very quick loop, whereas a lot of visual novels, uh, especially... Uh, from Japan, where the the genre is quite popular and quite notable as having some very strong visual novels uh, originate from, they do tend to be quite long, and mm-hmm. even ones with multiple playthroughs or branching narratives, they'll take hours at a time to explore. Whereas Overboard, I found a playthrough of Overboard rarely extended beyond. 15 minutes or even shorter if I was skipping through some parts because Mm. one of the great things about Overboard is that it does make it so easy for subsequent playthroughs to try and experiment with different uh, paths or different decisions or different um, dialogue choices, whatever it may be. So because how, how it's structured is from the start of the day, from you waking up after, you know, sending your husband to take a sleep with the fishies. Mm-hmm. Um, you wake up in the morning and the end of the game is by sort of late afternoon, that same in-game day mm-hmm. where the ship is due to uh, reach the harbour of America. And then there's a little emergency meeting that plays out and you have a little discussion and debate and you know it goes over all the evidence and decisions. Uh, that have sort of been made at that point in an organic way, not in sort of mm. like a checklist way, which I think is really, really clever because people are slinging accusations, you know, in a knives out like sort of way, left, right and centre. Um, that makes it feel like, okay, yeah, I'm really being interrogated here or, or perhaps you've managed to find a way of making someone else become the subject of interrogation. Mm. But uh, after that loop, it's very quick to then go back, okay, you've reached this conclusion, which may or, na- may or may not be successful. More likely than not, especially early on, it will not be successful um, because you will get caught out on lots of little details that you may not have considered mm. important at the time, but their importance is certainly stated at the end, which 
as you say, as you said before, Stephen, that level of consequence and the level of importance that is placed at every level of the game is is so compelling and is so um, it makes it such a, a great sort of game to keep coming back to because you are thinking of okay, well, if that had such a significant impact, what if I did this instead? What impact would that have instead? Uh, but then between each playthrough, so between this uh, roughly, or well, not even in-game 12-hour cycle with each each decision that you make, especially moving between ship locations, uh, takes a set amount of time. So time passes with everything you do um, and people are located in different spots at different times, which mm. you can also uh, use to your advantage to do some sleuthing where uh, a particular area may not be monitored by anyone at the time. Uh, perfect for nefarious deeds. <laughs> uh, so then in between playthroughs, if you half discovered a potential narrative arc or half discovered a secret or a potential line of investigation or reverse investigation, I suppose, so you can then use that information to pin it on someone else, uh, is that it'll prevent, uh, present the information on your next run as a little checklist, not quite as a strict sort of quest checklist or objective quest list, but as a list of potential threads or questions to answer in terms of, oh, would this person be uh, have been able to see me from this spot if they claim that they were there at the time of the murder? Or this person has made this audacious claim, oh, what, what can I do to investigate to see if that holds uh, holds water or if that uh, is uh, an empty threat. So mm. it gives you a lot of prompts which are very good at not giving the game away and not spoiling things for you. But if you're a little bit stumped and thinking, oh, gosh, there's there's a lot to try and investigate here, which there is yes. uh, even, <laughs> even in such a short little uh, self-contained loop, which... Um, yeah, I can't get over how clever it is, mm. but the it helps you sort of refine or focus your efforts. So you think, okay, I had an interesting conversation with the the elderly woman who's on the the ship, uh, and it seems she may have some skeletons in her closet. So next time around, I'm just going to focus on following her around or trying to isolate her. So I can then extract more information or perhaps cast suspicion on her. Man, it's it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, I love the way that it works with time and giving those, as, as you put it, giving you prompts as to what you might like to look into is such a good way of putting it because thinking of it as a checklist of things that you need to do is is really not what this game does. It just says hey, did you think about this? And I found it really useful as, like, I played through my first run of it and then left it a couple of days, came back to it after that, and it was a really organic way of reminding me, hey, you you noticed this thing last time, and it's pretty smart at remembering what you probably would have noticed about what uh, your last playthrough. And it's just a nice little prompt of, well, you might want to pull on that thread, see what happens there. And 
the way that time is so important to it makes it, it I found it super compelling in that you need to you might need to be in a certain place at a certain time to take advantage of a certain opportunity one that happens fairly early on is you'll you'll be asked if you want to go to to breakfast but I've never made it there because I'm always too busy doing other things and by the time I get there oh no breakfast is over and I'm thinking oh if I make it in time is that going to make people think that I am you know, more trustworthy because I'm just sticking to a regular routine or are they going to notice that my husband's not there at breakfast and start asking questions I'd rather not answer? I I don't know what happens there because I haven't gotten there quickly enough, but just it really makes the, makes the mind, gets the gears going in my brain about if if I try a different thing in each, uh, each of my what times through, what what are the outcomes going to be? And it just... I love the way that it makes me think just, yeah, gets the, what are these branching narratives going to be? Am I going to try this? What am I going to do here? Just, I I love it. I feel like I'm getting almost repetitive and that just lets you try things and see what's going to happen. But I love thinking about this and the way that it lets you play around with that time, time factor is just super, super intelligent. And I found it a really smart way of, taking the the typically long drawn out visual novel that you sort of brought out the the Japanese style where it will typically be there'll be decision points where you'll get to a point mm. do you say yes or no to this person's question and that will be the branching narrative that determines the ending that you get this has just got so many interlocking potential branches of the narrative that it's I think impossible to take it all in without trying to play through it a few times and really understand what's going to happen. And I guess in the limited time that you have, you'll never see everything in one playthrough, but being able to use that loop to your advantage and in your brain, you'll see everything. Your character won't necessarily have seen everything in one playthrough, but you as a player, as a, a meta participant in this narrative can have all of that knowledge from previous playthroughs and use that to your advantage. And I love that to bits. Yeah. And even even though Overboard's gameplay loop doesn't extend much beyond 15 minutes, which is pretty short by video game standards, it, it even makes it easier to streamline that further if you want to approach uh, the the act of getting away with murder as a little science experiment where you just want to change one variable at a time. For example, if you wanted to figure out, if you wanted to do the exact same things except one little change of decision or, you know, a different interaction, you can uh, press this uh, little green button that will fast forward all the same things you did last time, but then you can just stop it when you get to the point where uh, you um, you have made the choice that, okay, instead of talking to the elderly woman and gleaning information from her, I would want to try and get on the good side of the uh, the ship captain instead. So you can do all the same things, cover the same tracks earlier, but then try and make a different allegiance to see if that will, you know, uh, give you a better chance at the end of sort of day interrogation, which it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's very, very fascinating and highly highly intelligent with all these interlocking sort of mechanisms at play. And just, 
I think, and, and I've noticed, Stephen, that you've made a note here of a, of a game that you feel uh, it bears some similarity to in terms of the way that you're trying to make discoveries during this confined time loop and trying to use that information to, well, this time not break the loop, but get a successful outcome at the, the conclusion of this loop. Um, and uh, do, do you want to sort of share that, that game or yeah. how it shares a little bit of similarities? No, absolutely. It's something, it dawned on me after a couple of plays through that it reminded me a bit of The Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask in that that game is in a similar kind of sort of time loop you've got a, a series of three days and you can return to the beginning of it when you need to because at the end of the three days the world will for various reasons no longer be there um it's a very good game if you're interested in this idea it's well worth playing um but yeah i really liked the idea it it's it's very similar in that you can be aware of people's schedules know where people will be at a particular time in this time loop and use that to your advantage to in Zelda it's more about sort of solving their problems making people less depressed and potentially averting the end of the world uh, so it's a little bit different in the in the stakes of it all but the idea of keeping keeping track of where people are going to be what motivations that they have and what you might be able to do to change the course of their of the way that they act throughout this time loop using that as a way to sort of play with the environment through having consequences of your actions i found super reminiscent of this in in the best of ways yeah and i've i've got a game of my own i'd like to compare overboard to and i I certainly don't feel like these are are reductive comparisons to make either because i feel uh, majora's mask and um, the game I have in mind, uh, The Sexy Brutal, are games that use time and loops and discovery of information in very clever ways. And Overboard is reminiscent of those, but still does it in its own way. And The Sexy Brutal, for those who haven't played it, is a game where you're trying to follow the the time, you know, the exact sort of time and movements of visitors of this royal gala, this royal part or this, you know, this massive party that's gone awry and you're trying to prevent them from being murdered or from being killed in various accidents before they unfold, which then also makes me think of Ghost Trick. So I, I think mm. the fact that we're talking about Overboard in the same vein of Majora's Mask, Sexy Brutal, Ghost Trick... I, I think overboard. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. Yeah, that's quite a quite a group of games for it to be looped in with. There's not a not a non classic among them. Yes, so I think overboard immediately joins the upper echelon of games with very clever time looping mechanisms. Mm. So uh, yeah, you, you done did a good inkle. You done did a good, um, and as as part of that, the interesting thing is. With, with a lot of games, you've got a distinct success or fail state, you know, a, a win or loss state. Overboard doesn't even have that. There, there are multiple levels of success that you can achieve mm. because, okay, one outcome is that you fail to convince anyone of the, the murder or the situation surrounding the murder and you get sent to jail upon arrival in uh, America. Uh, another 
another option and uh, this this isn't really spoilers because I'm, mm. I'm pretty sure this is in the description of the game as well. Yes, yeah. Uh, you, you, can, you can convince everyone that your husband uh, jumped of his own volition, uh, but, of course, that means the life insurance doesn't get paid out because the only way to claim the life insurance is to convince people of a third possible option, and that is murder, uh, in, and in which case if you can sec- successfully... Uh, convince everyone of that outcome, then you'll claim the riches of uh, the the life insurance and be able to mooch off of that for the rest of your life. Truly, but the dream for all of us murdering exactly. Wives. <laughs> who who among us has not dreamed of you know willingly becoming a widow to to claim the uh, the life insurance? Uh, and it's at this point of recording the podcast, I feel like I should say hello to the federal police watching me through my <laughs> webcam. Hello. Um, but the th- there's also other outcomes or other tiers within that because you can conv- you can convince others of different targets uh, and you can figure out different ways that you can pin the crime on different characters on the ship as well. And... I won't go into full details because that would be a little bit spoilerish, but my first successful attempt of claiming uh, old mate's life insurance, I was uh, I was pretty happy about things because I had played well over ten attempts just to get this first time, um, you know, convincing the uh, the crew and cast that it was murder. Mm. Then another wrinkle presented itself, which made me realize, oh, okay, I didn't quite cover all of my tracks. So I did enough to convince enough people of murder, but not quite enough that uh, I wasn't entirely in the clear for other reasons. So there's a lot to consider in what, uh, what seems on the surface and what seems after a few playthroughs like, okay, yeah, this is a clever little game, but the more time you spend with Overboard, the more it rewards you for learning more about the game and it presents with even further sort of ways of uh, engaging with sort of the narrative and trying to figure out, okay, how can I craft or manufacture the perfect cover story which there's there's a lot you've got to consider, which I think we've made abundantly mm. clear. And I think it's probably at this point of the discussion that it's worth mentioning that I think this game uh, began development in January of this year. So this cool. game was made within the space of, I'm going to say, roughly six months, wow. uh, in which case if... If Inkle, you know, has been able to produce something as compelling and as engaging and as clever in its narrative and storytelling and, dare I say, also role-playing aspects as well, role-playing as a uh, a murderous uh, socialite, uh, then everyone else, as far as I'm concerned, should just pack it up and go home. (laughs) Inkle, you know, you've, you've, you've done it. You know, there's no point the rest of us trying now. Uh, Inkle's just, Inkle's just done it in a matter of months. Yeah, it's definitely the, the most compelling kind of, yeah, this murder mystery that I've ever played. I've never felt more like someone who just offed my husband and is trying to get away with it and looking forward to that lavish life of life insurance funded, I don't know, drinks on the balcony and cavorting. It just, I, 
Role playing is a very good way of putting it because I've I've never felt more like this character than playing this game. It's super super fun. I think it might be worthwhile uh, now that we've sort of covered you know the way the game's played and how it opens up to you. I really think it would be worth bringing up the the sort of presentation and the musical presentation specifically. Mm. I really loved how 1930s it felt. Not. I'm not that old. I don't know how it was in the 1930s, but it feels very reminiscent of what I think the 1930s sounded like. It's got all these really awesome sort of jazzy tunes to it. All of the the characters all seem like they are, you know, behaving in a way that would be appropriate for the time. And, you know, everyone's dressed in all these elaborate get-ups because I guess everyone's on this sort of rich... It, it seems like a, a bit of a, a party ship for people with quite a lot of wealth. And it was just a fun space to be in, even if you're under this highly stressful situation of trying to get away with murder. It was just so fun to to see all of these characters and their outfits and the way that they speak and the music that happens around you. It was such a, a cool environment to be in amid all of that sort of chaos and stress. Yes, I, I totally agree that the presentation is top notch and visual novels are known for having fairly static graphics and fairly static presentation which for, for the most part the the presentation is is static in terms of largely still images and different character models to represent you know different emotions and, and that sort of thing but that's just just part of the game it, hmm. you know combining the 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 big band show tunes and the the you know just crackling writing it's it's a it's a world that feels very alive, uh, which is ironic considering it's a game <laughs> about trying to get away with making someone very dead. Um, so they've they've done a great job here. I think the the only thing I can possibly level at it is that there's a very brief sequence at the start of a loop which has a um, a little bit of voice acting uh, for Veronica um, as. She is pushing her husband overboard. Uh, I think on a subsequent playthrough, the the written dialogue changed a little bit, but the the voice dialogue stayed the same as the previous writing. That sort of thing. Yes. But, gee whiz, that's that's so terribly minor in we're, the grand scheme of things. In we're such really a, really uh, picking at nits here. Yeah, yeah, very much so. In in what is a a rich tapestry of murder. Truly, I, I couldn't put it better myself. A rich tapestry of murder. Your decisions have impact. You get to play with all these these incredibly cool characters in these cool environments. I, yeah, I had no, I I had not heard of the the previous Inkle games. I know you've you've had experience with some of the previous ones, but this is the first that I've ever tried from this particular team. And wow, it's just it's just a home run. I can't get over how much I've enjoyed this. And I'm I'm gonna keep going until I get away with murder and have that life insurance, which I have not personally done yet. <laughs> yes, well, uh, see to it that you do, and I'll be very keen to hear how you do it and whether you uh whether you do it perfectly and get away with it completely. <laughs> Um, and having, uh, with you saying and admitting that you've not previously played uh, an Inkle game before, uh, I would recommend definitely going back to 80 Days. Um, that's the, the one that I've had a bit of experience with. Mm-hmm. I do know they have had, um, 
uh, a game or two or uh, perhaps more since then. But uh, yeah, 80 Days is is considered a, a bit of a modern classic as far as interactive storytelling is concerned. Uh, so I think Overboard, it's very, very fair to label it uh, very similarly to 80 Days in that regards in terms of as far as interactive storytelling is concerned and inhabiting the role of a character and really getting in the head of that character and making such crucial decisions at every point of the game. Yeah, Overboard is something pretty special. Yep. You've said it as as well as I ever could. It was it's super special. I I loved playing it. I look forward to playing it more. Just yeah, bravo. Bravo, Inkle. Good stuff. Yes. Well, thank you very much for joining us on this special bonus episode of the Mobile Arcade Club discussing Inkle's Overboard and Perhaps we'll have some more bonus episodes in the future. If not, you can uh, listen to us talking about uh, a fair bunch of Apple Arcade games, which, as as I would say, not just because you know it's it's our podcast and we want you to listen, but <laughs> I'd say there's a fair bit of value in listening, even if you don't have uh, an Apple Arcade subscription or an Apple device, because a lot of the games do then later come out on other platforms, or they tend to be on PC as well. So there's mm. uh, a lot of games that are on the service that. Uh, you may be interested in hearing about uh, you know even if you are looking at playing it on a different platform so thanks for joining us on this episode and we look forward to having your company in future episodes 